Welcome to Sisters Inc., our podcast for and about women business owners, brought to you by Black Enterprise. I'm your host, Elisa Gums. Black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in America. And on every episode of Sisters Inc., we sit down with one successful CEO and share how she slays the challenges of being a Black woman in business. Today's episode is all about generating a buzz. We're chatting with Pinky Cole, founder of the ridiculously popular Atlanta-based restaurant chain, Slutty Vegan. In just three years, she's grown it from a food truck to three brick and mortar locations and counting, and with a list of famous fans that includes Tyler Perry, Snoop Dogg, Usher, Tiffany Haddish, and so many more. Welcome to Sisters Inc. Pinky, and thanks so much for sitting down with us. Thank you for having me. First of all, I got a little teary-eyed when you did the introduction. I'm like, she talked about me. <laughs> so I'm honored. You did that. <laughs> so thank you very much. So before going into the restaurant biz, I'm going to take us back to the beginning here. You had a whole other professional life in television production. How did you come to start a vegan restaurant? So it's a very interesting story. So I've been in the television industry for the last 10 years, and I was really, really good at it. And, and I jumped into TV by mistake. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be a famous actress. So I packed up my bags after graduating college. I had $250 in a duffel bag and a suitcase. And I moved to LA with no job, 30 resumes, and in six days, I got two jobs. But the moral to the story is that you know, God laughed at my plans because they were my plans, but the universe had something even bigger for me. So when I jumped into TV, I got good at it and I was promoted really fast. And fast forward to 2014, I became a television producer at The Maury Show. While I was at The Maury Show, I opened up my first restaurant. And and it's funny because people think that I, you know, I started slightly vegan and I didn't have anything before that, but I already had a restaurant where I learned how to be a restaurant tour. And then opening up Slutty Vegan really helped me along the way. So it may look like it happened by accident, but it was all divine because I've been a hustler and an entrepreneur all my life. And I wouldn't change my story for a thing. I wouldn't change it for any reason in the world. So you made a huge splash right out of the gate. I remember when the restaurant opened, I kept hearing about it. And I'm in New York and you're in Atlanta. And that's extraordinary for a local restaurant. What was the marketing strategy behind the launch? Well, I don't sell food. Slutty Vegan helps people reimagine food, but we don't do that first. We create an experience for people. So I believe that I have one of the best marketing teams in the world, right? And we do three things. We make people laugh, we make people proud, and we give them information. And we've been doing that since 2018. You know, when you look at these new emerging businesses, businesses that literally come from the ground up, you have to be able to set yourself apart from other businesses. So with my television mind, I'm like, okay, all right, I used to work in TV. How can I spark dialogue amongst people? You make things racy, you make them fun, you make people want to talk about these things. And that's exactly what I did with the marketing. But I didn't lead with food. I led with a fun experience. When you come to Slutty Vegan, it feels like you're going to Six Flags, King's Dominion, Adventure World. Like it's a whole setup where you feel like you are at an amusement park. And the whole entire time you're having this experience, you don't even realize that you just ate a plant-based burger and no animal was compromised while you did it. So the marketing is similar to what you see of the Pepsis and the Cokes, right? They don't sell products, they sell experiences. And when I started doing that, 
I knew that I had something and I continued to do it and it's working. On top of my Instagram, people love the Instagram. They, they, they just feel good when they're watching it and it just makes you drive. Well, it drives more traffic to the business than it makes people want to go. You also have a very distinct brand um, and a clear brand voice from the name of the restaurant to the names of the products, like the one night stand burger and the side chick, chicken tenders, um, to the fact that first timers in the restaurants are called virgins. How did you develop the branding? So I, did, I, I played off the actual theme of the business, right? So Slutty Vegan, when you think of Slutty Vegan, it may sound provocative, racy, very sexual. So I said, okay, how can I play off these sexual themes and create names that speak up to that, right? So I did that. So I have the one night stand, the menage a trois, the sloppy toppy. So when you hear those names, it may sound sexual, but this don't have nothing to do with sex. It's just a way to get the people locked in. And I did the branding around it because I knew that two things were gonna happen. Either people were gonna get really upset and ask questions, or other people were going to be really excited that this is a crazy concept and then they were going to ask questions. So either way, it was a win-win. So the branding is very strategic. The placement of the restaurants are very strategic. I go into low income, lower to middle income communities, communities that are right in the heart of gentrification, uh, communities that don't have access to vegan and plant-based options or communities that developers aren't really interested in. That is a part of my branding too, because guess what that does? It really elevates the community in which we are. It helps us to help other business owners grow their business from our line. And it raises the value of that specific community. So the branding is just not like face front. The branding is everything that encompasses the brand. And it's been working for a very long time and it still continues to work. Yeah. Where did the name come from originally? I was sitting in the house one day and it hit me like a light bulb. I'm like, slutty vegan. Like out of nowhere. You know what's interesting, Alisa? Like when we come up with these grand ideas, like you got to do so much planning around it. I didn't do none of that, right? I didn't have a business plan. And obviously I'm <laughs> black in the browser. We could really have this honest, transparent conversation. Like I didn't have yes. a business plan, right? I, I just had a really good idea and I really believed in it. So like for the people who are entrepreneurs that are listening into this podcast, like as long as you believe in yourself, that's all you need, right? Like the rest is going to come and that's exactly what happened. But the name literally just came out of nowhere and I just started doing my research. I called my friends and I asked them what they thought about the name. Everybody thought I was crazy, but if I'm not doing something crazy, then I'm not doing something right. Um, and, and it just worked, right? Like the first week that I started the company, I had about four people. Second week, I had about 50 people. Third, fourth week, next thing I know, I got 500 people standing in line every single day, all from a name, all from a business that has a racy, provocative name. And I'll be honest, I've gotten pushback, you know, about the name before in the past, um, but that's okay, right? Because that just showed me that I'm doing something right and I'm never going to waver for anybody. So I'm glad I'm, I named the Slutty Vegan because Slutty Vegan has garnered me a, a, a mass amount of success. And I'm, I'm very happy about that. Well, I was just going to ask you about the pushback or the fear because it's intentionally provocative and it's working for you. And, and that is wonderful, but it has to come with some level of like bravery and risk-taking because, you know, were you ever worried that investors would be like, there's no way I'm putting my money into something called Slutty Vegan or that as it was time for you to expand, 
that, you know, people would be turned off by it or people, you know, maybe outside of our community wouldn't really get it when you come to the names. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a prophet once said, scared money don't make no money. <laughs> Actually, Meek Mill said that. But I say all that to say that, like, I'm not scared of nothing, right? Like, I'm such a go-getter within myself. And I believe in myself so much and I'm so confident about my ideas that I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go hard and do it anyway. Whether people say that it's not a good idea, they don't like it, I know it's a good idea and I'm gonna do it anyway. So yes, like I said, I've gotten pushed back in the beginning because people say, well, how are kids supposed to eat here? Well, your kids on TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Like all day, every day, your kids on Instagram and it's uncensored. I'm actually teaching you something, right? Like I'm showing you how to reimagine food in a way that you've never done it before. And now people embrace me from all walks of life. Like young people, old people, Christians, Muslim, it doesn't matter who you are, white, black, blue, yellow, everybody embraces the brand because they know that we are bringing people together in the name of food and providing you an experience that you've never ever in your life experienced before. So Slutty Vegan has a well-earned reputation as a celebrity hotspot. Um, how intentional have you been about cultivating celebrity as a way to bring attention to the brand? Very intentional. You know, if, if you really want to make people pay attention, put it in the music, put it in the culture, put it in the entertainment. And that's exactly what I did. Um, you know, funny enough, I've never paid for any celebrity to endorse the brand. I've never paid for a celebrity to say that the food was good. What it really was is that they saw an organic and authentic brand that they wanted to be a part of, right? But I knew that I had leverage here because I didn't have to leverage their platform necessarily on their pages. I wanted to leverage their platform on my page. And that's exactly how I've been able to get so many people to come because after a while, people were just calling me like, hey, we want to stop by Sunday Vegan. We want to get some food. I'm talking about like people that I would only dream about, you know, people that I would only see on TV now calling me saying that they want Slutty Vegan and being able to provide that level of service and food and, and, and these people who we hold to a high regard that want my brand and want that food, that just tells me that we're doing something right. And we've had so many people, Tyler Perry, we've had um, Colin Kaepernick, we've had, so literally, I could go down a list, Usher, Jermaine Dupree, any celebrity that you can think of who has come to Atlanta, the Taraji P. Henson, so many people. But people love the brand and they love what it represents. So they support it, they stand behind it. And that's how we've been able to grow such a big celebrity support system. Um, and that, that support system continues to grow. Even during the pandemic, when so many restaurants have struggled or shuttered, you still manage to have lines out the door. How do you explain that? Community. Um, I started a foundation called the Pinky Cole Foundation, um, and it was really a way to formalize the fact that I really love helping people um, and to bridge that generational wealth gap. So what I've done is I've been able to partner with so many other organizations to create an ecosystem for people to win, people who look like me to win. Um, for example, during the pandemic, uh, we paid the rents for local business owners so that they didn't have to close their doors. We've given away fruits and vegetables and coats and clothes and book bags and cars and, and provide and partner with Steve Harvey and Marjorie Harvey Foundation to provide lights for families. 
Um, we just uh, provided life insurance for Black men who made $30,000 or less that they didn't have to pay for. Um, and those are just a few of the things. Um, myself and another local partner, we paid uh, for the balances of Clark Atlanta University students so that they could graduate. I say all that to say, people love the fact that when you make money, you can pour money back into the community. And when you pour money back into the community, the community is always going to support you. So it's like a give and a take. So you see these lines down the block. Yes, the food is fantastic, but people also understand that I'm committed to community. My philanthropic efforts trumps the money in the bank, right? The money is going to come anyway, but the ability to be able to use my platform and resources to help people win, provide them opportunity, teach them about financial literacy, that's priceless. And because of that, the lines stay long. People still come because they see that we are real deal and we're about business and the philanthropic business first. You're even expanding, which, you know, this is a time when there's so much uncertainty in the restaurant industry. And I think a lot of people would be scared to, you already told us you ain't scared of nothing. So we know <laughs> you're not scared to expand. But tell us about the expansion plan. Like, how have you come to the decisions about where you're going to go um, and why now? So the time is now, right? Um, you know, people ask me about expansion. I'm like, okay, well, you know, you've opened up three stores in a pandemic. Do you want to wait? Do you want to slow down? I'm saying, for what? No. We are creating economies of scale. And we are growing a business that has already proven the concept. We go from city to city and we get lines down the block just when we do pop-up tours. So when I decided to scale, I said, all right, the first step for me is I gotta be able to get a co-packer to basically manufacture the things that I have in the restaurant so I can create systems, right? Cause I can't scale without systems. So, all right, I did that, check that off the box. Okay, now where do you wanna go, Pinky? I wanna be able to hit the South first and then start going up to the East Coast. So we have a plan to open up four locations this year. Um, that is Athens, Georgia, uh, Columbus, Georgia, Birmingham, Alabama, and Gwinnett, Georgia. And what we're doing there is opening up these locations in areas that need vegan food, right? Um, once we open up these locations, then we're going up to the East Coast. We're going to go to New York City <laughs> and, and come to Harlem and then we'll keep going. But again, like I said, we're very strategic about that. There's no better time to do it than now. I'll tell you why, because it is the best time to be a Black-owned business in America, right? We're finally getting the flowers that we should have gotten a long time ago. Now we're getting them. These big corporations want to dump money into these small businesses and provide a level of support. So why not? This is, this is what we've earned on our own, right? We just have never gotten a recognition. So now is the time. So yes, I'll utilize these corporate sponsors, sponsorships and the corporate support so that I can continue to grow my brand so that I can put the money back into the community so that we can create that ecosystem that I just talked to you about. Yeah. Sometimes I notice with entrepreneurs when they grow really fast, it's like, you know, they're playing catch up and you guys, you know, have a, a big presence um, and then a growing physical presence. And you just mentioned, you know, the, the last year, has been an amazing time to be a Black-owned business. I saw the words Black-owned business trend on Google, and I was like, I never thought I would see that in my lifetime. So how have you managed sort of that growth and this big persona that the business has taken on? Team and team building. I got a really, really good team. 
I'd be lying if I told you that I did all of this by myself. I didn't. I started it all by myself. <laughs> but growing it, it's not just me. I have a village. It's like when you got a baby and you got the village helping to take care of the baby. And that's from my assistant to my chief revenue officer, to my business manager, to the people in operations. Like everybody plays a pivotal role in making this business grow every single day. Um, and that is one of the most important components. Like I could not have done all of what we're doing. Like we got a lot going on. I just signed uh, a deal, a, a book deal to do a cookbook that's coming out. We're working on a documentary. Um, we're about to launch CBD gummies. We're, we're putting our sauce in stores. We're working on a movie. We're working on new locations, but all of these things, right? <laughs> are underneath that slutty vegan umbrella and I could not do it without team. Um, so I'm excited to have the people in my corner that I do. And I have a good row of advisors and people who really, who I can lean on to like support me in growing the brand. So it doesn't feel hard at all. Does it feel like a lot? Absolutely, but hard, no. But the, the team is really what allows us to be able to accelerate as we grow. Has that been a big learning curve for you? I know like a lot of CEOs um, will be like, I'm the person who started this, but now that I've got it to this point, like it's learning like a whole different set of skills to hire people and to, you know, let go of some of the things that you used to do on a daily basis. Has mm -hmm. this part been a new learning thing for you? Oh, yes, it was very difficult, right? Because I'm a control freak. <laughs> Literally, when I started Slutty Vegan, like I had my hands in every single area of the business. And it was one day, my CRO, before he came onto the company, he's a good friend of mine first. Um, he said, Pinky, he said, you can't grow this company if you live in this restaurant every single day, right? And when he said it to me, something clicked. I'm like, okay, what do I want out of this business? Do I want to live here every day? Because I can't get stuff done if I live here. So now... I focus on growing the brand and having conversations like these with people like you, right? Growing the brand, interviews, having high level conversations and the other people are on the ground doing the work that I did the first two years. And I actually like this way better because I can extend the narrative of the business, right? When I talk about my business, I'm gonna talk about it proudly. I'm gonna talk about all the things that we do in the community. I'm gonna talk about the, the, the building and the teams and how we're able to grow and scale so that my support system can work in the restaurant and make sure that the restaurant is functional. So you just like gave me a whole arm's worth of things that you guys have coming up. You are so busy and you stay in the news. I'm constantly getting press releases about what is going on with you guys, which I love. Um, because you stay in the news in a good way. Recently, you made headlines for your collaboration with Shake Shack. You also have a partnership with Morningstar Farms for their Incognito products. Tell us about those two partnerships um, and also about how you approach collaborations in general in order to build exposure for the brand. Absolutely. So I'm very intentional about everything that I do. Like if there's not a why behind it, like I don't want to do it. I don't care how much money it is. I don't care how much exposure it's going to provide me. Like it got to feel right in my spirit first. That's how I do business. I'm not the average CEO. So when the opportunity, excuse me, when the opportunity for Shake Shack and Incognito came along, it was a no brainer to me. First of all, Randy Giroudi, the CEO of Shake Shack is one of my really good friends. I admire him as a CEO. Obviously I don't eat meat, um, but what they represent in the community, I appreciate. Um, and I can lean on him for business advice. So when the idea came up for us to do a partnership, I'm like, let's do it. One, I was honored that such a big wig in the industry was willing to work with a small fry like me, right? Um, 
but it was amazing. We sold out both locations in an hour and a half. Um, and people till this day are still asking for the sandwich that we put together. Um, but let me tell you what that did. The, the, the return on that investment was that I got a different audience to pay attention to Slutty Vegan, right? More people wanted me around because they heard about me at Shake Shack. Um, and I was able to build relationships with the Shake Shack team. Who knows what we may do in the future? But relationship building is key when it comes to business. You know that. Um, and then when it comes to incognito, to be able to help launch a chicken for a brand that I used to eat when I grew up, that was just like, okay, this makes sense. That was the universe talking to me, right? And they have a great product. So, you know, these partnerships are very key um, when they're right, right? I get a lot of offers to do partnerships. I don't say yes to everything, but I'm also building a brand and I have to be strategic on what will support and growing that brand. And those two definitely was like, hands down, one of the best things that I could have ever done for my business. And from the outside, I mean, from a business perspective, they both seem really strategic. Shake Shack is an industry darling uh, who grew very quickly and put restaurants all across the country in airports. They're probably around the world now. Morningstar Farms is on supermarket shelves, you know, and are, are those both places that you want to go? Absolutely. Um, I'm working on some stuff for the supermarket right now. <laughs> um, literally, we have our hands in, and, and, and we are clear on, on what we're doing in the business. So we're just not like throwing stuff like, OK, let's do this. Let's do this. Like we're very clear about it. It has to speak to the brand identity and it has to speak to the brand name. Um, so I'm working on being in the grocery aisles very, very, very soon. And I'm, when I say soon, I mean like soon, soon. We've been working on it for quite some time. Um, and it just feels good that like Slutty Vegan is bigger than just a restaurant. And because it's bigger than a restaurant, I could do frozen products. I can put a dip in stores. I can do a sauce and a ketchup. I can do things that speak to the brand because people from around the world know what Slutty Vegan is. It's not just an Atlanta staple now, right? Like people love the brand. So I'm excited about being able to grow that brand in different ways, not just with restaurants. I want to ask about two of the specific things that you mentioned because they're not just brand extensions or, you know, ways to bring in revenue, but they're really high profile and, and we're talking about generating buzz here. So the first is the cookbook. Tell us about that. Okay, so I signed a deal. The press release ain't coming out, so I'm giving you the exclusive first. Um, I, I signed a book deal with Simon and Schuster um to do a cookbook and it's going to be called eat plants bitch <laughs> and you know i gotta come up with a racy name it's gotta um, be provocative gotta be provocative it's gonna make people pick it up but the, this book is specifically for the flexitarian right not so much for the vegan for somebody who just wants to have vegan options right without us forcing the agenda on you um and that's coming out um q2 of 2022 and then you asked about the other one. What was the other one? The other one is going to be the docuseries, which I have read, um, you know, written up as a reality show. And I mean, yes. you have a background in television. You're based in Atlanta. I couldn't think of a more perfect thing for you than a reality show. Yeah. So we are working on a, um, a series about the business and the brand and how I grow the business and my crazy employees and how they help to make this thing shake every single day. Like when I tell you, the employees are part of the reason why people still come and stand in line. They provide an experience that you ain't never seen in your life. I'm talking about dancing with the, the guests, singing with them, screaming, calling them sluts <laughs> and saying happy birthday. Like 
they are talent within themselves. And I like to create opportunities for them to win because they help me to win every single day. Um, we also had the documentary coming um, and it's about the rise of Slutty Vegan and, and how it's been so successful and how so many people have stood behind it and supported the brand and how we've been infused not only in pop culture and entertainment and in politics, right? Um, so yeah, we just got a lot of good stuff brewing and I'm just so grateful that this one little bedroom idea became this. I still can't believe it every single day that it's this and, you know, like I'm so humbled by it every day. So all of this buzz, the thing that I love about it is that you're not just creating it for its sake or even for the sake of success, but all of this success allows you to do what you really want to do, which is to give back to the community. And you mentioned a bunch of different things that you guys are doing. At the end of the day, what is the mission um, for Pinky Cole and Slutty Vegan? The mission is to help people reimagine food. And when I say that, you know, in our communities, especially, right? Like we are plagued by so many diseases, illnesses, everything, right? So how do we meet our people with it, right? Like how, how do we do that? We do that with slutty vegan, right? Yeah, it's a vegan comfort food, but it's a step in the right direction, right? Because if you like slutty vegan, that means that you're open to trying other vegan options or other plant-based options. And that's really what it's about. Like my mission, I tell, listen, I say, God, if you give me this platform to really like help people, I'm gonna do that. And I've been doing that, not just through the restaurant, but through community, through helping people out. Like that to me is my first love, right? Slutty Vegan was just a way to get in there, but to be able to help people and show people a better way of living through food, through living, through money, like that right there, that's purpose, right? And everybody has purpose, but I've been able to unlock that purpose. Um, and that's what I want people to remember. That's what I want them to know. I want them to know that you can be anything that you want to be because you've seen Pinky Cole do it. And I'm a girl from East Baltimore who got kinky hair, brown skin, and I don't look like what society wants me to look like, but I made it and I'm winning. And there's little girls and little boys around the world that are, are looking up to me and using me as their projects, right? In school, because they feel like they can do it because they've seen me. So yeah. You are killing it. Thank you so much, Pinky, for sharing your small business success story. Everyone out there, please take a look at the company website, sluttyveganatl.com. You can also follow them on Instagram or Twitter at sluttyveganatl or on Facebook at svegan_foodtruck. But don't at me if it makes you hungry, just go get one. <laughs> Check out the podcast channel on blackenterprise.com to find Sisters Inc. and more podcasts from Black Enterprise writers, editors, and experts. Be sure to subscribe to Sisters Inc. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or YouTube. And if you like what you hear, show us some love by leaving a five-star review or put a sister on by spreading the word. I'm Elisa Gums with Sisters Inc. for Black Enterprise. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.